Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Precision Unloaded podcast. Tonight you are joined by myself, Graham, and Anthony Colley is back. Hello Anthony. How's it going? Not bad. Mark is at home, uh, I don't know, chasing cows, shooting pigs, doing something, but he's not available tonight, so Anthony's filling in. And we thought we'd talk about, uh, we'll cover a quick hunting trip that Colley's done, and then we'll talk about our upcoming trip to Australia. And how long do we go to Australia? Six weeks? Not long. Less than that. When do we go? No, it's like a month. Oh, sh- 8th, 8th of June, I think. Okay. I need to get shit sorted. <laughs> anyway, so um, you haven't been on for a couple of months, Collie. Um, you just recently got back from a trip to Stewart Island. How did that go? Good. Good. We, uh, a group of us go same week every year, just a different block that we you know, try to pick a year or two in advance and... Um, yeah, make it a, a yearly thing for a group of four of us. And yeah, it was real good, real good place. So, a few deer around. We managed to knock half a dozen over. Uh, weather was probably too good, if there was such a thing. It was um, just dead still, no wind. We're on the eastern side of the island, no wind all week. And yeah, the bush was pretty loud when there's and hot when you I basically spent all week in a almost just like a long sleeve skivvy um from morning till night and slept with the hut door open and the windows open and it was crazy weather down there so are you hunting them in the bush or are you shooting them on the beach uh no, the beach for the block we're on was very very small so like 100 meters long oh, okay so, so no sand dunes or yeah. anything Okay. Nah, nah, we're up, it was all bush hunting and the odd clearing and stuff like that, so, um, yeah, plenty of, plenty of wildlife around, so about 14 deer, shot six, I think, so, uh, saw a few kiwi, just wandering around during the day, as you always do, uh, shot a few possums around the hut, um, caught a bit of seafood, quite a bit of seafood, had a little boat with us as well, so. Some of the boys were out there fishing and diving and doing that type of thing each day, and so yeah, we yeah we didn't we didn't go without put it that way. Are they so? I mean, I've never hunted them, and how do you go about hunting them in the bush? Are you just sneaking, just super slow, super quiet, or yeah, like out and move a couple hundred meters type thing. Yeah. Um, or just find as soon as you find a good open spot or anything that looks like it's got any type of feed, just sit sit there, wait for half a day, and something will turn it up. They're um they're not communal animals. It's, you'll never see more than sort of two together, um, and they just cruise through. They're just perpetually always on the move. It seems um, if you see them walking across a, a slip or a clearing, or they they just browse as they go. It's, I've never seen one sitting down, um, and and yeah, never seen more than two together. And yeah, normally it's just one by itself, so they're quite a strange animal. And they sort of will look at you until you look at them. So if they've seen you and you haven't seen them, you might be walking through the yeah, you know, stalking through the bush, and you'll glance over to the right and there'll be one just standing there broadside staring at you but as soon as, as soon as they see your face you've got they're gone yeah okay so well so what uh obviously they're a s- small deer very small are you what are you shooting them with 
Oh, it's on the 22 Creed. Okay, yep. That'd be awesome. Because um, that's, so that's yeah. quite a lightweight setup too, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. One of those HNT 26 uh, stocks for a small 1 to 8 power scope on it. Um, yeah, carbon barrel weighs nothing. Uh, that's even, that's overkill for a, uh, mainly because, you know, you know, we, you, me and you both know what that gun yeah. does though, but it's, um, it's overkill for everything. But, uh, they're very, very light skinned, very, um, they're just small animals. Yeah. When, when you take ripping the skin off, it's like skinning a rabbit. You just make one little cut and you can just literally just pull the whole deer. You just pull it all off with a, like a couple of pulls basically. Okay. Um, so very light and and it's very close range shooting in the bush like you'd be oh, I think the furthest shot I took for the week was a hundred metres yep. maybe huh? so real close and because they're so little you don't want to damage too much meat so I was just trying to neck shoot everything yeah and then yeah yeah nice yeah. to eat very nice nice and fellow yeah. oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was very, very much, very much once you've had white tail, everything else is a bit plain. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, but the back stakes on them, you, the small ones like the yearlings, they're probably the same size as, as a nanny goat, you know, just tiny. Oh, that, that small? Yeah. Okay. Real little. Yeah. Real little. So the back, yeah, the back straps on them, you're only talking probably 12 inches long and wouldn't even, wouldn't even be as big as the eye fillet out of a red deer yeah um, but yeah they, they taste real good they're fun to hunt they're a good challenge um, still yet I mean this is, our, this is well, my fifth I think fifth trip to the island still haven't seen a decent buck and by decent buck I mean like anything bigger than basically four points they're just so elusive Um plenty of deer they're just hard to hard to hunt do they do they do the, do the bucks get that big or is it just the feed is inappropriate or the bloodlines are too oh there's some good ones no there's some good ones they're not yeah they're not like American whitetail um I think the current number one in the record books 192 Douglas score I think that's pretty I mean you see the photos there it's a big buck that's pretty big uh, but most of the common ones, you know, if you decent eight pointers uh, out of most of the blocks, are sort of, yeah, you know, if you get a real good one, you'll be around that sort of 130, 140 Douglas score probably. Um, so not huge in terms of American ones, but um, yeah, they're definitely, you'd know if you saw one walking through the bush that it was pretty good, that's for sure. If, if you see one. If you see it. And they're quite smart as well. Yeah, the the bigger older ones are very elusive. Okay. They very very rarely come out of the thick cover. And the crown fern, for anyone who's been there will know what I mean. The crown fern you think, Oh yeah, this is real good bush, you know, with this bit of fern, lots of crown fern around the place. But man, when you're walk brushing through it, it doesn't matter how slow or how fast you go, you might as well just be walking through yelling out at the top of your lungs. Like the the stuff is like grab a bag of chips and crunkle it like empty bag of chips and screw up the the bag that's what it sounds like every footstep you take yeah so 
that's where the big ones live. <laughs> so they hear you coming, they hear you coming three or four hundred meters off, and they just wander off. Yep. No, not worried. Eh? They just get out of their way, and you never see them. Never see them. Yep. And I mean, everywhere in the bush, like deer have been on every part of that island. Every single square meter has two or three lots of shit on it. Like the deer have just been everywhere. Everywhere you could go, the deer have been there. So you know that they're. Yeah, it doesn't matter how thick or how thin or the bushes, they're just all over it. It's just a matter of if you run into them at the time or not. So, yeah, so it was good to, we spent a few days away from the hut, sort of camping out, doing on the further, further bits of the block, trying to go where other people don't and sort of, yeah, ran into a few and a couple of the boys stayed back at the hut and did a bit of hunting, uh, did a bit of fishing and diving and dealt with the seafood side of it and did did you do any fishing or diving no nah, no nah. i can't imagine you um no nah, it's not it's not my thing no <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, I basically spent every minute i could there um in the bush trying to look for deer yeah like, we camped out for three nights i think out of the six nights and um yeah, and it was good Good that at least you need someone. If you go there, you need someone in there who's a fisherman or a diver or something because there's just too much too much goodness out there to, to ignore. Like, yeah, we got we got everything. Obviously, we got deer, we got a heap of power, we got a heap of cod, we got a heap of crayfish. Um, yeah, we as I said, we, we, we did pretty did pretty well, brought back heaps. Um, you bring a bunch of... Um Whitetail meat back? Yep. 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 Heap of, heap of that. Uh, heap of uh, heap of everything. Heap of crows. Heap of powers. So, so, um, it was good flu. We was freighted a bit of gear down and back instead of trying to fly with it all because no one was driving down this year. One of, the, <coughs> one of the lads lives down south and three of us are up here in the north. And so we freight us North Island guys freighted a bit of gear down and yeah, freighting a bit back and then we all waited a bag for um we just got at the at the wharf when we got off the boat. When we got back to Bluff the yeah, a couple of big seafood places there and they sell polystyrene boxes. So we just sort of loaded that up um loaded it up with our quota of uh of kilos to get on the airplane or 20, 23 or well mine was turned out I thought I had 23 but turned out it was 28 but whatever <laughs> <laughs> um, and just taped it all up and flew all the meat and seafood stuff home so fresh airs awesome that sounds yep. like a hell of a trip it is yep every as I said, yeah, every every year we do it same week and it's um yeah wouldn't miss it yeah it's be pretty a, good it'd be a shame to yeah, to not go on something like that, wouldn't it? No, that sounds like fun. So, what I did notice, I see, I, I haven't talked to you much the last couple of weeks. I thought, oh, you're going on this trip, then you must be coming out and shooting that match. And, um, is it require? Mm. And then I see, oh, yep, yep. I see a post from someone, oh, yeah, our team got second. I was like, oh, yeah, Collie must have won it. And then, and then you weren't the winner. <laughs> I, was, I was quite surprised that you weren't there, to be honest. So well, trip, trip yeah, priority. yeah, that trip would take priority over everything. 
it's um it's that good yeah i was a little bit dark on missing that because uh it was looked like a, it was a new sort of it was teams match only first time they've run it was teams match only and yeah and yeah actually scored as a team not as individuals though. yeah yeah and they had some good uh some decent prizes as well they although a little bit odd because you the first prize was an ATAC. Was it? Yeah, Shit. ATAC, uh, 735 ATAC, Mill XT, and then a barrel for second barrel for third, I think. Yep. Um, and, but for a team match, it's one scope. So I guess either you, I you sell it, or one of you... Whoever keeps it, yeah, has spied off your mate. I think I'm sure they did it. I might be wrong, but they might did it like the highest scoring out of the two got it. Maybe oh, that's harsh. I know. Like, because <laughs> <laughs> like, if I go by teams matches, I have never been. No, only once I have, but I'm usually not the highest scoring person. <laughs> but um, so then I think maybe then the next person got. A barrel and then some I don't know it's complicated they would have to work it out but um very generous prizes obviously well, Hardy Rifle yeah. slash Nightfall sponsored that so it's very generous of them that's a massive prize man the yeah. that's um huge like New Zealand's small you know um it's oh, and, a, and a good ATAC too like not one they can't like, sell yeah. yeah like last time there was an ATAC up at a, at a match when there's a spot prize but it had Tremel 3 record it which I mean oh, some people like them but god don't Nightforce own that reticle yeah yeah Horus yeah yeah the military guys love it but you know um it's, yeah it's not super popular in terms I know people use them they're quite common um over in Oz a few guys use them um in the matches the Tremels and they love it um, but God, I don't know how you can see anything. Like if you if you're not hitting the plate, or even if you are hitting the plate, you just got so many dots and shit covering everything. Um, yeah, is, if you're hold, is, is holding like, under, holding it, over. I mean, is it like a quick? It's quick win solution, isn't it? So like, yeah, if you're hitting there, when you go to your next holdover, hold on the corresponding dot, and it will be the same value or some shit. Is that how it works? Yeah, it's yeah, for military well, it's very, guys. It's, it's like, very much a military thing, and there's. Um, yeah. Like, not sure if we're allowed to talk about it or not. <laughs> yeah, it's like head head size dots at different distances. And oh, then, you really don't talk about that. I seen a and, video and, from the Ukraine yeah. of that happening two days ago. <laughs> and then, and then walking, yeah, the miles per hour and the common walking speeds for people and stuff like that. So it's oh. it's yeah. So what? It's, uh, we don't. Yeah. No, I'm not going to say we don't need that because that's fudge shit. <laughs> but for competition shooting. That's, we less, don't that. that's less than ideal because yeah. I love having stuff that the military have because I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to stuff like 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 oh I would have used that before I would have wouldn't I mm. yeah I would have anyway don't worry about that um nah anyway that's it sounds like it was a good match anyway um yeah that no, was yeah we were, we were a little bit pissed off that we were going to miss it just because one it's a it's a team shoot and we yeah me and Ian like shooting the team shoot stuff. Um, and it was gonna—they were gonna change it up a bit compared to what they usually did. It was gonna be, um, 
a lot more multi-target things and stuff like that. And, you know, scenarios like, you know, what you have to decide what team member's shooting a, a particular stage and some you only you have to allocate a certain number of shots per team member and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it was going to be, yeah, something different. So it was a shame. We just clashed with literally we were going in, going over to um, leaving bluff on friday and they were shooting on friday because that matches friday saturday so yeah oh almost that's like never mind hey you don't need like a fifth atac do you it was never any hardship (laughs) is it having heaps of scopes but no to to be honest (laughs) i need like another five anyway um all right well um you mentioned some guys in aussie use them so we might as well um go into the main topic of tonight is that uh in, in like a month, uh, uh, Mark, who is yeah. not currently on the podcast, he's he's, he's away for the night. Uh, yourself and me are heading to Australia. Yeah, yeah. So we're uh, so Mark is non-competitive. He's going over as team manager. He's he's allocated himself that role, um, and he's organising a few few of the logistics. Apparently, so we'll see how that goes. But um, I might <laughs> I could reference our episode about the uh, the accommodation in Wairu. Um, but that's probably not a good omen for the trip. No, I know I know the accommodation will be good because <laughs> I I literally sent it to Mark and said book here because I stayed there last year, so it'll be fine. So he, here's your Australian friends are gonna go try to book that place and we've already got it. Yeah, tough. Tough. Fuck so so anyway, so we're gonna be f- shit, is it the fourth of June? When do we leave? Eighth, I think. Eighth. Thursday. I actually just told my boss yeah. today that I'm doing this too. He was quite surprised. Oh, good. <laughs> He's like, just one trip? I was like, nah. Nah. <laughs> four. So we're heading off. Yeah, we'll be flying out on a Thursday. We'll all rendezvous in Auckland uh, via our domestic flights <clears throat> and jet over to... Where are we going? Melbourne. Melbourne. And then we are driving to a very small town called Buchan, which is about five and a half, five and a half hours... Uh, north east of Melbourne. I'm just checking. I'm actually just checking my Air New Zealand app because I assume you've got this app. It's fantastic. Yes. So we arrive. Oh, we, we get there pretty early, ten fifty a.m. So we'll get there mid afternoon, and we'll be able to yeah. settle down and um. Yeah. Take have a, have a casual drive through the countryside. That'd be good. Um. So this has been the first for me as um. I'll talk to my microphone, uh, is going through all the paperwork. Um, like I've talked about it in the past with you on the podcast, but and and having you having previously done it, because holy, holy shit, it must have been an experience trying to figure out what the fuck you needed to get done, because we've done a lot for our first, just our first trip, and we still have a couple more things to do now that yep. we've got approval. So... When you first done this, this must have been a freaking nightmare. Because who would you like? How do you even start? Right, like it's well, yeah. Well, hence why we ended up with paperwork problems and couldn't get my gun over there for the first match last year. That makes sense. Yeah, because <laughs> I was just too, you know, we we're too slow, and and even the guys over there, like this, this. The basic stuff like getting them because we all need invitations to go and shoot at these matches. You can't just turn up and shoot. You have to be invited 
by the club and have an official letter on a letterhead and all this shit stating that you your name, what dates you're there, where it is, the address of the range, what you need to bring, has to be in the letter, um, and that has to accompany your paperwork that you apply for with the Victorian Police, because um, they need a legitimate reason why you're coming over with a firearm. You can't just roll up with a firearm and say, oh, I'm here to shoot, and they're like, blah, blah, blah. Is, this, is that the same for um, out-of-state visitors, so people not from that Australian state, or just us no. internationals? No, just okay. us, or unless you're a... And th- I mean, this is why they don't have anything in WA. Yeah. Because it's like that there. It's yeah, impossible. Yeah. I've heard it's a bit effed up, yeah. Um, so, no, out-of-state's out of state's fine. Um, just us international, so... Yeah, so even that, like last year, my inv- getting my invitation was late before, like, you need to be absolute bare minimum, have your paperwork into the Victorian Police, um, but 28 days, no later than 28 days before you're d- that you arrive, and I was waiting and waiting, had all my paperwork filled out, and I was just waiting on the invite, and I was like, kept harassing the guys over there, I was like, man, I need this, like, 28 days, and they're like, oh, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And uh, they got it to me on day 26 before I left. And yeah, it turns out it wasn't fine. So I learnt my lesson since then. And obviously we did it, I did it four or five more times last year. So this year I've basically, on my computer, I've just got a, everywhere we're going, I have a full list of forms, how we need to fill them out, what we need to fill them out with, what IDs we need, everything. So easy. Yeah, so it definitely made it easy on our end because you're like, we can do this one now before we. So which was, we had to apply with the was it Australian Border Force and become an a registered exporter. Yep. That would, and so this is to export our gun out of Australia. We then obviously did the New Zealand import, which was pretty simple actually. That was quite easy. Yeah. Not and all people said it was taking four months, but it took like a couple of weeks. Yep. Um, for all of us, <clears throat> and then. Yeah, like you said, we've got the invitations from the club where the yep. match is going. Fill out these forms. Man, they want to know what flight you're arriving on, where you're staying. Um, it's pretty important that you write that down. Where, um, your, gun, where your gun's getting stored, how you're yeah. transporting your gun, how much ammunition you're bringing, the serial number of your gun. Magazines. Magazine, magazine capacity. Um, everything. It's five... Four or five forms of ID, passport, four. So passport, firearms license, driver's license, passport, passport photo. photo. What? Okay. And that why? has to be verified by the New Zealand police. <laughs> why? Why do they need your? This is a, confused me. Like, okay, passport, sweet ass. Why passport do they need photo. a passport photo as well? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because, <laughs> like, to be honest, my one, because I got some done uh, recently. Same. A, yeah, so they're not the same photo. Like, I've got a full head of hair yeah. uh, when I had my passport done. Now, I'm like, yeah, obviously, I look like I've been a bit more weathered. And um, <laughs> it doesn't even look like the same person. But uh, also, the New Zealand side of it was they were happy enough to sign it all off and make my life easy. But shit, yeah, it was odd. Um, but anyway, that's their country, their rules. And that's the game we have to play to get our firearms off to australia i did it did so, cross my mind like imagine if your gun broke like a week out 
Oh, you'd just get it. You'd be able to get it amended. Okay. You ring them up, be like, hey, this is yeah. turned to shit. And same I've on had, the New Zealand thing. I've got to do it for mine, actually, already, because um, I've had a calibre change. My permits are made out for something that I'm not going to be shooting with, so. Same gun, mm. different calibre, so serial numbers are no issue. So yeah. I'll have to get that changed next week before I do the. Um, the export stuff and then of course every state's different so we're doing all this for melbourne now done it all yeah and then when we start doing our sydney stuff next week that's different forms different everything again um so it's like learning it all over again yeah shit anyway it's it's gonna be fun i'm looking forward to it um well, it, it's fun when you... Well, I don't go in Southland nearly as much as you, but a, a trip with the boys to the South Island for an event's a good, yeah, good time, right? You have plenty of laughs and yeah. fun along the way, um, let alone travelling internationally with firearms. and with, with Yeah, anyway, it's, it's going to be pretty cool. Um, so uh, we get to Melbourne, we drive to Buckham, yeah. which, like you, you pointed out in the past, because that was your first round last year where you didn't mm. have your rifle to borrow a firearm. It looked like a rainy, muddy mess. Um, it's quite a small range, isn't it? It's, it's quite thin. Very small. It's only about 30, 30 or 40 metres wide. Man, it's got... How many, how many do they run four... How many stages do they run at a time? Uh, three... Three big squads, I think. From memory. You're pretty... You're still pretty tight. Yeah. I think they have six stage, uh, three, yeah, three, three firing lines set up, and you've got two stages on each, and then, so you do six stages for the day. Then you have a bit of an interlude while they pull down all the props, rebuild it with other stuff. Then you do a few more for the day, and then you stop, and you then come back the second day and do some more and then they pull it down and put more shit up and you finish off Jesus okay so like we've touched on it previously but like long range challenge our biggest event of the year the firing line must be 15 1400 metres long roughly not that it's dead straight you know from one end to the other if you do both courses Mm. Um, and and there's not many st- the odd stage is only like sort of 50 metres 60 metres apart but most of them are spread out um, yeah so it's, it's obviously for, for it's going to be a bit of a change of pace for me anyway um, it's, a, it's a pretty small match because they limit it to people because of how small the range is so they limit it to 40 entries or something yep. yeah historically sells out very quickly last year it was seven minutes or 12 minutes or something. this year it actually took a couple of days for yes. whatever reason so we we were on timers to buy our tickets just in case it did go mad mm. um, we were literally had it ready to go clock clicked over to seven australian time which is like nine here or something and, and we booked in <clears throat> um just in case the registration system for their matches is incredibly easy. You pre-register, so you register and become a member of the Australian PRS. Yeah. Which costs 100 bucks or something, and you fill out a lot of your details when you do that. And so we did that a couple of months ago. Back back in like January or February we did that, oh, yeah, that's right. Mm. 
So then when you when the match is open for registration, you literally it's all on the website and you click on the events tab or something, it tells you what matches are open, um, which is usually only one at a time, and you click on register and it because you've logged in it pre populates all the everything with your details anyway and you just and you just buy a ticket. Yeah. And you're done. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was nice and simple, that's for sure. Very slick. It was what they've um well I've got a pretty it's good better, web team, yeah. It's better than last year. Last year you had to fill out uh, so all the information that you did when we registered for the for the season, you had to do that every match. Yeah. So you where you live and you firearms license number, and of course when you click the boxes last year, it was always a bit. I was always a bit concerned it wasn't going to go through because you click the box. Uh, for the firearms license and it gives you a list of which state your firearms license is issued and of course it's all Australian stuff and I'll just be like oh yeah um, I'll just select the state where the match is so oh Victoria yep that's where mine was issued and then put my New Zealand license number in which would say was invalid and then I'll just be like oh yeah submit <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it was always fun obviously they look at it and they're like oh yeah that's cool and then this year they've done away with all of it so it's a bit easier yeah it was it was nice and simple the um because when we yeah we registered at the start of the year so the the thing is we were so we were really keen obviously on getting a spot quickly because we've already done a bunch of paperwork and already paid for flights to this match yeah so we needed tickets right um because obviously we already had a bit of money quite a bit of money invested in the trip and time so it was pretty good to get those squared away and ticked off the list. Those it's the that's the only match of the year that is a mad rush to get into. Like the other matches are significantly bigger. But the Hilltop match, the second one we could go to, I think, is limited to a hundred people. Um and last year there was eighty odd or something, I, never sold out, but I, even eighty is a shitload. I tell you what, I will still be registering as soon as it opens though. Yeah, yeah, just get yeah. it out of the fucking way. Yeah, so okay, so <clears throat> we're heading there in obviously a month. A month after that, we're heading back, as you just mentioned. We're going to Sydney, correct? Yeah. Now we don't fly in until quite a bit later, which is a bit annoying, and they shifted our flight back another half odd hour, um, which is not ideal because what, what do we we fly out? Twelfth? Oh, I'm looking at the wrong flight. No, we land about nine thirty in Sydney. I think. Yeah. Nine forty, at, at night. How far are we our drive for that day? Our oh, that's okay. Okay. Yeah. So we'll be even bed for midnight, which isn't too bad. Yeah. And are we staying close to the range? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Like Ten minutes. Okay, so it's not that bad because I don't imagine we have to be there at seven a.m. or anything. Uh, not on the Friday. Yeah. On the Saturday, Sunday, you do. Oh yeah, that's fine. But just <clears throat> just for the setup. So how they obviously a bit different from New Zealand too. So these matches, the Friday, they have a sight in day, correct? Yes. So you can... so twelve o'clock, um, twelve o'clock range opens. So normally you have hot range from twelve to about four, and that is your chance to turn up, zero your rifle, um, have a look. Sometimes they've got props out that you can shoot off sometimes they don't um and they normally have no targetry out 
at all, apart from a paperboard at 100 metres, and then maybe one or two bits of steel out at your max distance for the weekend, which is usually around 500 metres anyway. And I'll just put like one 25% upsuck or whatever they are, or one little square plate, and everyone shoots it. Yep. So you have no chance of um, getting meaningful data at all. So it pays to either be first, just rush rush down and shoot it, or pick out some rocks. I was just going <laughs> to ask that, yeah, can you just shoot like at the base of the target or something? <clears throat> As, uh, as long as you don't sort of tell them. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, you're like in the cone of... In the intended yeah. cone of... Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're sort of aiming... As long as you're around the target, not just randomly off to the extremes <laughs> of the berm. Just shooting at some completely different direction. Because the back berm on the ranges... They, all the ranges have very big uh, back berm at the max distance, which is... Yeah, Buckins 500 metres, Sydney's 500 metres, Little River's about... 480 or 500 but you're shooting up into a hill um and then in between uh they have little uh just little speed humps effectively you know it might be half a meter high just little berms just every 50 100 meters down the range so yeah. um you have nothing between there and the back so and then you, yeah so on the friday they don't normally put any, any targetry out apart from the back targets couple at the back for you to shoot and the 100 meter paper and you can shoot as many rounds as you want on the Friday, usually. Um, not that you need to, but you can. You can stay there for all four hours and shoot the whole time if you want. And then at four o'clock, right at the end, um, they'll close the range and they give you your matchbook for the weekend. And then we're good to go. Then we're off to the pub. Yep. And yeah, most you can do all your data um, within reason. Yeah, do your elevation data at least for never look and just work out. Yeah, the matchbooks have all got distances to the meter, very very exact distances, full course fire, and target sizes. So how big your targets are as well, so you can work out you know for wind brackets and stuff like that in advance. Um as well and so it's yeah good to have a read of that Friday but they give it to you to the end so obviously if they do have props out and you can shoot off the props if they are out and they say you can some do some don't um, you're not practicing what's on the matchbook yeah that's fair enough yeah <clears throat> I, I still we still because obviously very different here we don't pre-send out any stage info um, we don't have um, a, a pre-zeroing day or anything like that the idea with, with our field stuff is you turn up ready to compete and yeah. um uh, it's just logistically a lot simpler for the match directors as well on our end i'm not having to cater to that and um albeit we get the odd complaint but that's fine i don't mind um but then yeah i, I still get requests from like newer people like hey man i need all the stage info and i need a you know this and that and, <laughs> and I'm like you'll get it you'll get that on the morning and they're like no no I need and it's like, no no you'll get that on the morning because normally a lot of our stuff isn't the distances aren't confirmed until sometimes the, the day before mm. the, you know t- we, we've got an idea on where it's going but sometimes it may be moved and and then um, it might change 20 meters or 50 meters or 100 meters so um so that's going to be bit, well it'd be good good obviously you and I can sit down and do all our data on the Friday and 
for the most part and just less to worry about on the day. It's going yeah. to be quite interesting, actually. You can... Uh, I normally preload a day's worth into my Kestrel plot at the stage, so then... Because you know... Well, yeah, for those those of us who use Kestrels, you know, and, and use them pretty in-depth, like the direction of fire and all of that, um, which 500 metres, you could say, oh, it doesn't really matter, but might be a tenth. You know, some of those targets are quite little. Tenth would sort of matter, so it's good on the Friday. You can get your direction of fire, which is exactly the same all day, obviously, because you're just shooting down the same square range. Um you can get your pressure, you can get everything, and that's not going to change too much day to day. And temperature's the same, basically. And then, you know, you can put, you can put your whole course fire into Kestrel stage by stage, and then so on the day, all you're updating is your wind, and that's it. It's just going to spit out, spit out the number for you. So it's um, well worth doing the day before. Because although you do have a bit of time and you don't have to do anything, like you don't have to spot, you don't like at these matches they have uh, quite a lot of officials, so you do nothing. You're there to shoot. That's it. Yep. Um, there's a scorer, there's a spotter, there's a arrow for every stage. Um, that's about it. So all you have to concentrate on is what you're doing, and they are quite large squads. You know, usually ten to twelve people, so you do have time to do your stuff in between. But it's quite nice to have it already programmed in so you can just flick to the next stage, update your wind, um, yeah, and then spend time watching what's going on, you know, watching the wind. Because unlike here in New Zealand, where you're sort of out in the, you're on a hill and you can actually get a good wind reading, and there you're under a roof the whole time, basically, and you can't, you can't walk forward obviously, to, to get it. You can't go past the firing line. You're shooting from undercover most of the time. At Buckham we won't be, we'll be out the front. But And the ranges are tree-lined, so you don't actually, you've got nothing really to look at. You've got big trees down both sides. Nothing on the range in terms of, um, yeah, trees and stuff like that. So reading the wind is a bit harder. But all part of it, I suppose, part of the challenge. Yeah, like you say, we we shoot over gullies and canyons and mm. all sorts of features, so that's going to be something new to learn, something to deal with. But well, and then the other, I mean, the other thing we're going off on a bit of a tangent, but the other thing is the target tree is normally all pretty high off the ground because of the little baffles that they've got down it, so the targets are all up on Waratahs, like probably a meter up, and if you so if you miss. You don't see any splash because of anything because the bullet just sails past and by the time it hits the ground it's actually gone another 100 metres. Yeah. Um, unless you're shooting the very back targets. So it's, um, yeah, that's a bit, bit more of a challenge. Sydney was really bad for that because um, they had quite high berms and quite high uh, waratahs that targets were on and man, if you're missing targets at 300, 350 metres high, they weren't hitting the ground until they're almost at the back boom. <laughs> and they've gone behind three others, so when they do hit the ground, you don't see anything. Well, you're not looking back there either, are you? You're looking at your target. 
well, if you do see a flash come up from left to right, it's really low, and you can get sucked into thinking you're missing low as well. Yeah, but it's, it's just, just natural. It's just, yeah, it's just beyond where you. Yeah, it's just way beyond where you were. Um, yeah. So. Well, we're used to having sort of features behind targets, right? Directly behind. Yeah, you know, like, <clears throat> well, one of our facilities we run a sort of full danger area, but others are, you know. Reduced danger area kind of style stuff with big backstops and stuff. So it's, um, you can, unless the grass is particularly long, you can see everything. Or, or at least, you know, if you do your part. So, oh, hey, more to <clears throat> part of the change in it and the challenge. And we'll see how much I love it if I go mad. Okay, so we're going yeah. there, we're going there end of June. So this is going to be, so we have, um, uh, our, yet to be, officially named match the weekend before this in Taranaki and then we'll be jetting off the weekend after so we should be pretty well practiced or disappointed either way and then so that's heading over like you said 30th of June for the second match in New South Wales and then we head to the Delta Tactical Steel Pocalypse fun enough you shoot for Team Delta Tactical Um, yes in Little River Victoria so where do we fly into? We... Melbourne. That's Melbourne again. Okay. Yep. Little Rivers. Um, so that's the that's where the finale was last year, and it's uh, 40, 45, 50 minutes out of Melbourne CBD. Okay. Pretty close. That's not too bad, then, eh? No. Um, and yeah, that's that's the range that's got what they call the mountains behind it which is just like a fucking small hill <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't even be it's about like it's a couple of it'd be like if, if about the height of Mount Doom and then a bit longer that's sort of what you shoot up into for the yeah. range and they're like oh look at those fucking mountains I'm like what where the, the mountains behind that little <clears> hill and they're like no 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 there that, that is the mountains I'm like oh okay well if you think about Mount Doom that's a small hill on top of some really big hills Mm. In it, like it's actually sitting on a big hill. Yeah. Okay, so that's just fucking flat with some small hills. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, and that's that's the trickiest range of them all, probably because because it is a small hill. Obviously, it has some weird shit going on with the wind. Um, so that's probably the trickiest one. But you've actually got stuff to look at. Because there's a bit of shrubbery and shit like that. Isn't there a bit of rocks on the range and stuff over there? Like yeah, yeah, just a bit of. It's not flat. You're sort of shooting uphill yeah. as well. Most of the time, oh, it's ever so slight. Yeah, five, five, ten degrees or five, yeah, maybe five degrees. But um, pretty big range facility. That one's the the main ranges. They got two big ranges side by side that probably total about three hundred meters wide. Pistol ranges and all sorts of stuff. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm just looking on Google. It's um, it's pretty big. Big for there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, Sydney, Sydney one's quite big. So so we're heading there. Um, where do we say end of July? Yep. That'll be our third round. Well. You, you would have done one more and then we will be hitting well saying that I qualify for the final Hope. 
Hopefully. <laughs> the final will be at the same facility. No. Where's the final? Finals at Sydney this year. This at Hilltop. Okay. Alright. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's the second one. I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. Should be quite good. That's why it was important to do the Sydney one day look before the uh, before the final. Yeah, it's gonna be a busy it's going to be a busy couple of months getting these three matches done and then everything else in between. And they have nine. They have nine matches part as of part of their series this year, including the finals. Big, big, big series this year. Oh yes, the Victrix Capital Clash. Canberra. Canberra. That's a new one, isn't it? Yep, that's September. That'll be the first time they've had one there, and then they've got the one in August at Darwin, which will be quite cool. The Heat Street. Heat stroke. Heat stroke. Open. Man, they make cool symbols. Like whoever does their graphics does cool stuff, man. It's all sort of. Yeah. Apart from the finale last year, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the, currently, it's just that there's no symbol for the final on their website. The. um. Well, we could go to Canberra because I want to go to the museum there. That'd be cool. 18th September. Yeah, no, so it's going to be a big couple of months, and obviously we've got to keep. Um, well, I, I imagine the first one will be a bit of a shock for me, anyway. Um, having just done New Zealand competitions, um, I, although in the last um, year or so we've been sort of practicing with the size targets they use and and the like, so not completely blind, I guess, but. Um, it's, it's be... just it's just different yep. it's so um yeah i mean they're they're a real good bunch of dudes who shoot over there as well so it's um yeah like the first one first one when you don't know anyone you just sort of, yeah just chilling out but then since like after the second by the time you get to the second one shit it's just like you know it's just like shooting here again yeah Everyone knows everyone, and everyone's keen as to bloody have a yarn and um, that type of thing. And just yeah, you just just the close quarters of it, I suppose, is different because when you're shooting in New Zealand, you only you're with your squad, and that's it. Run into another squad and passing. But over there, you you just yes, everyone's there the whole time. Like yeah, that uh, at Sydney, you know prone stages and people are walking stepping over your legs and stuff like that because it's not just the shooters there's other people there watching and all this all the range staff and the ROs and people all around the place so it gets pretty crowded and very very noisy because obviously there's no suppressors <laughs> and you're that, shooting that must be a bit of a shock eh? and you're shooting well you're shooting so close to everyone as well so yeah. you you know, some stages you're almost copping the muzzle blast from the guys next to you. Yeah. I mean, because, like, on our Kiwi stuff, when you're in a squad and, like, severally running suppressors, you're like, oh, thank fuck for that. This is going to be good. Especially in some of, like, the trees and the confined areas we shoot out of. Mm. But, man, they, I imagine, because they're under tin as well, so it's going to be even noisier over there with all breaks. Yeah, well, the, the back and right front of the right, uh, and not under the mm. roof or out the front because they've got fixed benches um, so they can't move them concrete benches so they've got to go in front of it uh, Sydney's 
got portable benches, but it's under the, you're shooting under the roof on the concrete the whole time. But it's got it's brand new range. It was built last year. Cost fifteen million Australian dollars to build it or something. It's huge and pretty cool. But all the roofs filled with sound deadening material and stuff like that, so it doesn't bounce off it as yeah, much. That's cool. Um, still loud as shit. Because you are still undercover, but it's not too bad. It's just the people. I mean, there's a few. I think, uh, yeah, a few guys would have seen some of the videos from me last year, and especially the ones from Sydney. Like, yeah, just ROs asking you, "Are you ready?" And all you can hear is just people talking and shouting and guns going off, and you just it's just hard to keep your concentration. Yeah, there's just people around you the whole time, and um. Which is yeah, you get used to it. Were you it's running just, plugs and muffs? Yeah, I do all the time anyway. But it's yeah, you don't really need to. There's nothing to listen to. Um, apart from the arrows, and they're very good at it. They'll they're loud, like they will scream impact. Yeah, they're that's just, that's good. That's a common thing here, as people just like whispering. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're fucking loud as over there. So I mean, and that's all you get anyway. Once you're shooting, once they ask, "Are you ready?" Just the same as the match that we did the other day. It's um, you get impact or nothing. That's it. No, no, no corrections. No time. No nothing. If you ask for time, you'll just hear silence because no one cares. Once you hear that beep go, that's a shooter ready. Yep. All right. Wait for the beep. Once the beep of the shot time, because every stage is on a shot timer. And you just keep shooting until you hear the beep again, basically. And and when you're getting close, they will hold the beeper basically behind your head. Yeah. So you can't, you know, and there's no warning. You just keep shooting until it goes beep. Even if you hear it go beep, pull the trigger if you're on target because you're, you're allowed 0.3 of a second over. Oh, and the, and the machine will register that, won't it? Yeah, it picks it up. So if you're part time, if your stage time's ninety seconds, you can be ninety point three, not not three one, not three two, just three. <laughs> so if you hear it go beep and you're on it, you know if you basically beep bang, you're probably in. Yeah, and because because there's a because there's a thing that's gonna it's gonna say no, nah, it was it was point five or it was point yeah okay. I, yeah. did, I did not know that. It's yeah, because it's the, the error in the shot timer, I guess, and that's the accepted thing. It's the same everywhere at every match over there. So it's, um, yeah, a lot of shots got, get fired on or just after the, the buzzer because obviously the stage times are quite tight. And, yeah, a lot of them, even if I know I'm running cl- down to my last shot and if I get it away, that's fine. But if I... If I'm like still settling the gun and it's on plate, like might just be on the edge of the plate and I hear the beeper go, I just fuck pull the trigger. Yeah. Because <laughs> either way, you're going you're gonna to time out. So as long as you, yeah, not, I'm not talking about if you're off the plate. Yeah, if you're on the plate somewhere, like just, might only just be holding the crosshair on the edge and you hear the beeper go and it's your last shot or any shot, just pull the trigger. Yeah. Make it happen. <laughs> At least it's in the air. Yeah. Yeah, no, and yeah, yeah. And if, it, if you get it, if it's under time and you hit it, or you get it, so, well, not uh, under the point three over, 
you know, so. I've, over the years I've had some shots. You know, you're just getting on target. It was back last seven eight years, just getting on target. You know, rough Time. as, and you pull the trigger, man, and you get just like the randomest hail mary shot ever. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're like, yeah. you, everyone's like, oh man, awesome shooting, and you're like, fuck, that was a sloppy ass shot. Like obviously, lucky. for those nanas, <laughs> yes, it's still safe, but just like, man, that was fucking like just. <laughs> it's like. You're pretty. You're probably not even holding that well on plate, but your natural point of aim's that fucked. It's just moved and, <laughs> and pointed at the target naturally or something. But it's um. But like like you pointed out there with that point three, it could be a point, and that point could be another position or it stops the you going series. into a tiebreaker, or it could be the series if you like if you <laughs> if you just fuck the whole thing up like Collie did last year and lose it. Thank um, you. And come second instead of first by what Jesus. point point zero was it point zero one. <laughs> <laughs> no, just point, like, point, yeah, zero point zero one of a shot. <laughs> point, not even one shot, a yeah. tenth of one shot. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's 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 less than a tenth. But anyway, yes. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's going to be a bit of a culture shock. Not about you, you've you've, you've done it, but um, I'm pretty amped up. So the reason we're doing, uh, well, you're going over earlier. You're going to do Tasmania and like. Uh, 10 days not far away but not this weekend next weekend yeah but for when Mark and it come the idea with three was that well so I've got a I've got a goal of a top 10 that's my goal series finish right whether it'll happen don't know if I put the work in maybe but I've got a round to drop essentially because what is it you take your two best and then the final yeah so um that's the goal is is to try get some top ten results. Um, going from my last two shooting results, that won't happen because I didn't finish top ten. <laughs> but um, but anyway, um, yeah, that's that's the idea. So we've got um, you know, like you say, maybe Buckham is a bit like for you, and it, and it was a bit of a obviously a shit show with the gun, but um, but then you a learning a learning match. Yeah, but but the advantage I have over you in that one is that you have already gone yeah and this is the fucking targets this is how they do this 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 is how they we've been we've been practicing and training basically for 10 months yeah yeah uh, specifically for this again yeah Yeah. and so normally it should be yeah it should be fine yeah i'm in a bit of a a bit a bit of funk over the last few comps but I, i have been trying to tune that out a lot so at, at back in last year, obviously, yeah, they've a skill stage at every match, and normally skill stage two, um, which virtually we all know now, right? So, but go back twelve months ago, you ask people in New Zealand, "What skill stage two? What the fuck is that?" Yeah, you know, like we got to the stage brief for that one, and the arrow was like. Oh, this stage skill stage two. Oh, we don't. Yeah, fuck. We don't need the stage brief for that. You know, everyone knows what they're doing. Anyone here? Like, he was like jokingly, like laughing, like, oh, anyone here need the want me to read out the stage brief for no reason at all? <laughs> and I like lifted my hand up quietly at the back. And he was like, <laughs> "Who's that?" He's like, cunt. Yeah, and everyone, everyone just sort of looks and they're like, "What?" I'm like, what, "What's skill stage two? He's like, do, "Do I need to read it?" for you and I was like yes I have no idea what it is <laughs> and everyone everyone looked dumbfounded they're like what the hell 
how do you not know? And I, I was, and actually, he had to read it a couple of times so I could get my head around. You know, I was just like, oh yeah, what's the point? And it's time, do you say? We have to go fast. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, this is the tiebreaker. I was like, shit, this is all new to me. Like, no idea, right? Like, no clue. And, um, whereas, you know, it's amazing how much a year, ch- a year changes everything, right? So, even that, I was just, it was just so foreign. Everything was so foreign. Um, so, yeah, it should be, I'm looking forward to this year, but it'd be good. So, even with skill stage, I have not done that much practice on skill stage. I was actually thinking before, because we have a weekend free now before we go, about coming, teeing up with you and doing like a bit of a solid session, but practicing a bit of skill stage, like it's a big target, right? But like, yeah, I don't know. I I, I see an area I could improve there because I just haven't done the work. Well, stuff like, yeah, knowing, knowing that those stages are important because if it comes to a tie break, like the, the last match, so they're already two rounds deep over there already. They've had uh, Monado and Mildura. First two rounds, um, Tazzy's the third round, which I'll be at, and then the fourth round's Bucking, which we're all going to. Um, and then it carries on from there. And so at uh, the last two, I haven't I've read the matchbook enough, but I didn't. I'm pretty sure I'm correct in saying mm-hmm. that both of them, they had two skill stages, because there's four skill stages one, two, three, and four. And at the first one, they had. Um, I don't know, two of them. The second one, they had another two of them. So it seems to be the pattern that they're having two at every match this year. Mm-hmm. Two of the skills there. And the other ones are all prone. Um, but it's all based on time and the support side and one and shit like that and holdover and one. And, um, but skill stage two is the most common one, right? But so, obviously, what it, what it is is hits first and then time. So if you clean it, if there's 10 people who clean it, then obviously whoever gets ranked first to 10th off that is uh, fastest time. And then seven hits, fastest time for seven hits, fastest time for six hits, so yep. on, so on. So hits first. So it doesn't matter if you're super fast, like 35 seconds, but, but you, you only hit six. Yep. It doesn't matter. So you've got to hit eight first and foremost. The round and then if you've got, sorry, if you've got two two skill stages in the match, they combine the hits and they combine the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. For those. So if it comes down to a tie break, they look at combined hits, combined time for skill stage. So the previous round that was a fortnight ago, the Burrish Cold Steel Open, was it like second, third and fourth were tied? Yep. Three-way tie for uh, on 130 points. Yeah. And then so split on on the tie breaker. Yeah. Split on the two skill stage times combined. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it is important. You know, you have to... It's not just about... Um, yeah, well, lucky for the winner, he wasn't involved in that tie because he had an absolute mare on one of the skill stages. He only got one. Yep. One out of eight. He had the wrong dope, so, but it didn't matter because he was so far ahead. Um, but lucky <laughs> so, so it is important that you need to know and I I've I've just got to match pace for the, for that like skills too I just have the same pace that I just go at, at match which is slower than we practice it 
So what? How many seconds are you? What's your match pace? I try to do it in about forty-eight to fifty yep. every match. Yep. I'm usually around the. I think at the at our match the other day, um, at RTD I was a little bit quicker than. I was in a good rhythm though, but it was um, a little bit quicker. I was in a forty-seven and a half. But if I'm there, that's fine. You know, somewhere around fifty, and you're going to be at the pointy end. Somewhere around that. It's not. It's not America, right? Like there's no guys doing it in twenty six seconds. Um, you'll be lucky to see anything under forty. Mm. It's been a couple of forty ones and forty twos and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's first and foremost get the hits. But you don't want to be dawdling, like just in case you know. And if you're up the, the chances of there being a tie in the top ten are pretty high. Um, because of how tight the scores usually are, um, so you don't want to miss out because you took your time. You know, took eighty-five seconds to shoot skills two to make sure you got your eight hits. Yeah. Whereas old mate did it in sixty-five and got you by twenty seconds for the to take the take second or third or first or whatever. So it's a good ass, yeah, good good skill to have in the arsenal that you can go quick when you need to and it's not even that quick you know you just have to make sure you're you're moving because we at, at home try to practice doing it in mid 30s you know to actually do it fast so then when you try get to a match and you write match pace which i'm pretty comfortable rhythm with now feels like you're going so slow and that's the point you don't want to feel rushed in the match you want to feel comfortable well that, that's what I'm thinking hence I think I need to do a good um, like a, you know good like 10 good runs like you know 100 rounds of just practice on it or something bunch of 2 do 3 yeah I practiced it a heap when I came home from Buckingham because I was so foreign as well and then built the barricade and it's just like right we're into it um yeah, I was looking up how tight the times were for that three-way tie, how close it ended up being. That's the wrong match. Um, yeah, but it's just part of... Uh, you develop... Um, yeah, you develop your own systems to be happy with what you're doing, but it's easier when you're they're doing it I suppose and you know what you got to do yeah yeah um, I've been doing a lot of um oh tight how tight was it <laughs> tight especially second and third so yeah second third fourth was all on 130 points and uh Oh, no, it must have come down to hits, because actually the guy in second had the slowest time. It must have come down to hits on those stages instead. They're very similar in time, though. That's wrong. What, what was the time? I don't know, because it was... Oh, it's got a combined, so it's combined time. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so 160 seconds, 159, 144. Yeah. But I don't actually know... Um, which ones it was yes I do I can look skill stage 4 skill stage 3 so no skills 2 in that one yeah 
Um, yeah. So, yeah, I know we'll practice the centre. Last year it was just skills two or nothing until the final where we had two and three, I think. And that's the first time I'd ever shot three was at the finale last year. But saying that we need to practice those four because you know that those four stages do not change. If you have them, if they have skills two and skills four at a match, they're going to be exactly the same as the last time you shot them. Yep. Targets have to be a certain distance. The props are all the same that you shoot it off or prone. Um, everything's the same. So, well, it sounds it sounds like to add into the what the training that's already going on. It sounds like before we go, we need to do like a five hundred round each, a two, two, three, and really hammer it out. Five hundred. Yeah, a day. Oh, two days. No, oh, right. So it's a big day. Yeah. Yeah, no, it needs to be needs to be done. Yeah, oh, I, I've yeah, there's a few things. It's the non Kiwi standard stuff. I need a like I've been doing a lot mm. of like um, using some of the props we put together recently, but um, the, the I don't have a skill stage barricade and, and stuff like that. So I'm not going to build one. I've already got enough shit lying around. But um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's the plan. We'll talk about that off here. But anyway, it's going to be cool. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Obviously, it's quite an expensive endeavour, um, but it should be quite fun and quite the trip. We might try, since we've got Mark coming, maybe we can um, talk him into doing a bit of videoing and stuff for us. Um, yeah, videographer for the trip. <laughs> God, that'll be terrible, wouldn't it? <laughs> He's that old, he'll have the camera fucking pointing at his face on selfie mode, he won't realise. and. <laughs> Uh, but we'll, we'll try to do something anyway, um, and we'll put it up through uh, either the podcast or the um, or somewhere or, or one of the other pages. But I'm um, pretty sure I've, I'm pretty sure uh, uh, irrelevant for what, just, what we just spoke about. But I'm pretty sure I've got for last year I've got almost every stage that I shot over there on video. Did you just set up a camera? Nah, just. Josh was there filming when you were shooting. No, no, no. I just had someone. I was someone was in charge of my phone all uh, all weekend at each match. Same person. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they were kind enough to film every single stage I shot, but I haven't done a single thing with it. It's all just sitting on my phone. <laughs> your, your your poor internal hard drive on your phone. I just look at I just look at it for um, uh, practice basically practice yeah, no, purposes. No, no, no. Just watch it. Mm. We could also we could do a bit of a. Oh, I mean, whether we'll do it or not, but nothing to worry about. But actually, like a trip vlog could be quite fun. Mm. Yeah, since we've got the a cameraman. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Watch yeah, one of us getting strip searched at Melbourne Airport. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's going to be a, a PG-13, which I think PG-13, you're allowed, like, breasts or something, so... Oh, that covers one of us. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we might, as well, we might as well wrap it up there, buddy. It's just over now. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, thanks for coming on, filling in for Mark, and um, having a good yarn. Um, yeah. And we'll talk again soon. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to another thrilling episode of the Precision Unloaded podcast, if you made it all the way to the end. Um, You're doing a uh, upcoming event section. For oh us. yeah, no, no. Let's go there real quick. So we've got both of us are very different 
very busy, very different weekends coming up. You are heading south, correct? Yep, I've got Boundary Creek this weekend, two-day match. final, final of all the finals. The absolute final match at Boundary Creek. If this isn't the final, I'm fucking, I'm done. (laughs) No, it's the final one there. Um, Anyway, Um, so what's the format? Um, Main centre fire match on day one, so any normal calibre that you would, and then 2 to 3 second day, and scores are combined... And you have to shoot two to three second day to have a chance at the overall. Do you remember when we did a two to three match? No. Do you don't remember that? Did you did you <laughs> no, ever win that one? No, I've completely blanked that out of my memory bank. Actually, I'm looking at a trophy right now. It doesn't ring any bells at all. Fuck it, yeah. I can't remember shooting any match with two to three ever. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to forget the day you had as well. <laughs> Um, no, that, that's, that sounds like it's going to be a good weekend, and I know quite a lot of North Island guys are heading down for that. Yeah, whole swag of us. I think it's five or six North Islanders heading down, so should be good. That's awesome. And then up here, we have two rimfire matches in Taranaki. So we've got um, round two of the Spark 22 series in Tarata, so Speed vs Precision. Um, have you ever won that one, Anthony? No. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Everything else, though, yeah. <laughs> oh, listen, I've got two I can hold over you, all right? Yeah. <laughs> um, not that we did well last year at Speed vs. Precision. No. I did uh, quite terrible when you did nearly... Worse. nearly oh, no, I think you beat me. Did I? Oh, <laughs> good. I only I zeroed two stages, you only zeroed one. Yeah, good. Um, and, yeah, so Speed vs. Precision on the Saturday. Uh, so in Toronto, which is nice and handy for me. And then on Sunday, we're heading to RTD for Swamp Brutality. So this is, um, I don't know if we've actually talked about this on the podcast. So uh, in the flavor of some of the brutality matches you'll see out of the States or out of Europe um, with, a, with a very Kiwi twist. So it's, it's definitely not on a square range. It's on a, a swamp, a series of creeks and swamps. And um, what would, it's nothing to do with the Spark series. Um, the, only similar, the only thing that's got to do with it is it's the day after our round two uh, so it's a combination of sort of like physical and strenuous activities moving through shitty areas and scrub and swamp and moving heavy objects and dragging things and and, sh- and there's also obviously shooting mixed in with it um you, you'd be alarmed at the target sizes collie they're um big yeah and it, I, I, like so obviously I, so i'm match director for this match simon's organized but i'm, I'm md and so I've, I've tried a few stages, and he set one up, and I was like, "What? Why the fuck you got such big targets? Are these for like, you know, two hundred fifty, three hundred meters or something?" And he's like, "No, nah, you'll see." And then, sure enough, you put them out there, and you running through these swamps and shooting through all this fucking shit, and like, actually, those targets are quite they're perfect because it's more of a a mag dump style, like range by fire exercise, rather than like an ultra precise shot like we normally take with our voodoo's. It's um, like that target looks to be about 100 metres away, so I'm just going to hold above it and then just like <laughs> fucking beat it in there, you know what I mean? I, I think that might be all unlimited round counts for every stage too, so it's um, it's going to be, it's, it's nothing like what we've done before essentially. I think even if I wasn't going down south, I'm pretty confident I wouldn't shoot. Your, your, the I, fucking voodoo would die straight away. Yeah, I'd be like, nah, I'll match direct for you, Graham, so you can shoot. <laughs> no, well, I, I tested the stage um, 
that is called Hercules, and I, to to quote my Facebook post, I was clinically dead after it. Like I I I did the stage, and then um, and then I like just sort of like lay on the ground exhausted afterwards, and then it started raining, and everyone else like fucked off under this tree, and I just couldn't really move, so I just lay lay there in the rain, just this. Yeah, big sweaty yep. piece of shit lying on the ground. How many stages are there? Uh, eight, I think. That's the yep. hardest one. By far. Oh, oh. I'd, yeah. I'd get halfway through the first stage, like pull a hammy or something, drown in the creek. <laughs> That'd be it. We're done. The rest so of the squad never... has to climb over your lifeless corpse floating yep. in the <laughs> Right, we've replaced the sack that you have to drag with Collie's body. Anthony's body. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's not that bad. You're a, oh no, you're not a you're not a backcountry farmer. You'd probably die. Yeah. No, I'm not fit at all. Yeah, Mark. Mark thinks we're fucking idiots. As a direct quote. Uh, yeah, I can picture him saying it. Yeah, he's like, "Why would idiots. you go in there? Why would you go down into that? You know, because it's yeah. Anyway, it's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be interesting. Um, and I know there's a lot of people. It, it, it'll be different people winning it. Would be my prediction, like mm. not the normal people, because it's, it's such a different. It's like how how can you shoot when you've got no energy left and your arms are dead, or your legs are dead, or you're soaking wet, or you're covered in mud, or like can you keep your magazines dry? Like you know, it's going to be different sets of skills we've not experienced before. So, um, but yeah, so that's happening this weekend. So no doubt we'll do a couple of podcasts about Manju Creek and about Spark and Brutality and in the coming week or two. Yeah, so we've got that. Zazzy, Buck and Winter Match. So they got a better name yet? No. No, I've got to come up with one. So it's still Winter Match. And then, where are we? Sydney. And that's all before end of June. Busy. Yeah. So it is, well, what it will be, so the, the, the Winter Match is sponsored by Masterpiece Arms. So I was going to come up, I haven't told anyone that yet, but so you heard it here first. I'm going to come up, maybe saying cool, but I'm not good at coming up with names. The master, the MPA Master match. No, I didn't have the right ring. <laughs> Just call it the MPA winter match. Yeah, to be honest, that's the best recommendation I've had. And be done. And be done with it. Yeah, I've got to figure it out because I'll get trophies underway. <laughs> but no. Uh, um, yeah, anyway, so that's coming out, that'll be cool. And then, of it, a lot of people have asked me when we're doing another one of our sort of harder matches again that we did the other day, which will probably be sometime in July, maybe. Maybe. If we're lucky. If we're lucky. But don't bank on anything in June. I know that we told a few people first weekend of June that it's not happening. No. We're too, too busy. We might even be fucking August. Mid, yeah. mid, mid July might be alright. Oh, when's maybe. When we start it's getting nothing. into carving. Anyway. It's a shit. Um, it'll be what it'll be. But we've got plenty coming up for me and you anyway. Because we're here yeah. overseas. So uh, that's what it is. But anyway, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, I'll say goodbye for the second time, 10 minutes later. Um, yeah. You'll hear from us soon. Catch ya.